Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Jake of All Trades, where I talk to real people about financial problems that we as millennials are all facing today. I'm your host, Jake Rebus, and today's episode is entitled Fear. Money can be a scary topic. It's a finite resource, it's necessary for just about everything, and it's usually obtained only by our ability to work and earn it, unless you're lucky enough to have a trust fund or something. Fear, as defined in the dictionary, is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain, or a threat. So why is it that we believe that finances are a threat? Is it due to the fact that we have a lack of education, uh, we don't have a defined plan in place, maybe just some uncertainty around financial planning topics? When we asked our interviewees the question, what scares you the most about your financial future, we got a lot of insight into where is that anxiety being sourced from. So the first person I interviewed for today's episode is Xavier. And Xavier is 27 years old. He's currently between jobs, so he's been driving for Uber in his spare time. And again, I posed the question of what scares you the most about your financial future? Well, probably right now it's about rebuilding my credit because... Um, I had some bad, unfortunate things happen in the past, and you know, uh, me and my family had to go through money and credit, and really didn't pay stuff back soon enough or at all. So it's really about learning from that, getting secure, and just learning from that. And so if stuff like that happens again, I can handle it the right way and be more secure with the money and everything. So Xavier is in sort of a tough spot, let's just be honest. Um, and it's it's a difficult place to be at, and sometimes it can be a bit of uh, shameful to talk about it. So I appreciate Xavier sharing where he is in life right now and what's going on, because I think it's really important that he touch on some issues that I think all of us are, might be dealing with, but we just don't want to admit it. First thing is credit. So the importance of credit in your financial life, I cannot emphasize enough how much that impacts your ability to do almost anything. When you think about your credit score, what what's called your FICO score, if you've heard that term before, it's essentially a numeric number that represents you as a person to somebody who doesn't know you. So when you're out and you need to find a job or you need an apartment, um, you need to apply for a loan, that credit score is going to impact your ability to achieve all of those things. So taking care of that credit score is really important. And there are multiple ways that you can go about doing that. A lot of misconceptions are that, well, as long as I make my payments on time or I don't carry a whole lot of debt, I have a good credit score. Not necessarily true. Um, So there are multiple ways in which the credit score is calculated, and I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty details, but understand that the main components of your credit score are your repayment history, how much credit you have outstanding, and the types of credit that you have and the length of time that that credit has been in place. Those are some of the ways that the factors, if you will, that influence your credit score. Now, it's important that you pay attention to all of those areas of your credit, because if one of them slips, they all have different weightings in the overall score. So you may be making payments on time. However, you have a huge outstanding credit card balance, 
and therefore that impacts how much uh, available credit that you have to your name. And that's a negative for your credit score, for example. It also is important to understand what negative things can hit your credit when you're just out you know, doing your, your everyday things. So a lot of times people will apply for or, or ask to, for a mortgage or something like that and think that, well, I'm not applying for the loan. I'm just getting an estimate or I'm seeing if I would qualify. Those types of inquiries are called hard inquiries on your credit. When those hit your credit, they actually ding your score temporarily. So although it's a temporary ding, if you're in the process of trying to buy a house or buy a car and you're shopping around, know that those dings are going to show up when somebody else pulls your credit report. That's something to really keep uh, keep in mind. Another thing that is really important that Xavier brought up was this idea of preparing for the unexpected. So clearly this was probably not the ideal situation for him at age 27, having to be an Uber driver and being in between jobs. But that's the reality. So how do you go about addressing that reality and making it through relatively unscathed? In his situation, had he understood the components of credit um, and how to make better decisions so that you don't damage your credit for the future, he might have made some different choices during that period of time. I can only assume that maybe he ran up credit cards or something like that in order to finance his, his lifestyle during that period of time. Going back to our first episode when we talked about a reality check and we talked about defining goals and having an emergency savings, that applies perfectly in this situation. Had Xavier had a cash cushion in the bank, he would have been able to weather this storm a bit better by relying on his cash and also not damaging his credit for the future. So in thinking about addressing this as reality, this is Xavier's situation. And we've identified, obviously, that there could have been a different course of action that would have been important, but in reality, that's not what happened. So how do we move forward from here? One of the things that I would recommend would be, number one is stop adding to the credit card debt. That's going to be the first and most important thing. If you have an outstanding credit card balance and you're making the minimum payment, but you're still charging up all of your living expenses, you're just working your way back into this vicious cycle and you're not going to be able to get out of it. So take out the scissors out of the drawer, cut up the card so that you can stop using it, but don't close out the account because again, going back to the calculation of the FICO score, one of the key components is how long your credit history is. So if you have, if you've had this credit card outstanding for a while, that can still work as a positive, even if it does have a big balance on it. The next thing I would do would, I would suggest is Pull your credit report. So there's a great resource if you go to annualcreditreport.com. Don't go to the freecreditreport.com because it's not really free. Go to annual credit report and uh, answer some security questions and you can pull your credit history and go through that line item by line item to see, okay, what things are outstanding on my credit and how is that impacting my score negatively? That way you can focus your attention on if it's a specific type of debt, you can focus on paying that down first if there's a discrepancy on your report, that could be removed potentially. So there are a lot of competing factors when you're looking at your credit report, but the important thing is, is that you are aware that yes, my credit score is not ideal. However, I understand why it is the way it is and what the corrective action is that I need to take to fix it. So the next person I interviewed was Sonny. Sonny is 29 years old and he is actually a small business owner. and. I pose the same question, what scares you the most about your financial future? 
As a small business owner, I would have to say just where the next dollar is going to come in. You know, right now, we've had to pour in our savings. We got the work, but we're not getting paid. So we're having to tap into what we had originally as our, you know, our backup money or our savings money and use that to finance our lifestyle right now. Um, with that, with the fear of uh, being a small business in a big market or in a city, you know, the competition is real fierce. You know, just trying to take care of my employees and making sure that we've got enough for overhead and for our rent and our cost. And right now it's really depleting my personal savings. And just finding the line to draw what is company money versus what is my personal money. Um, and making sure that I have enough to be able to, you know, maintain a lifestyle that I've created for my family. Um, that, too, um, another fear is, you know, when I start seeing the money coming in, you know, being able to invest and save uh, properly, um, not to get in over my head and make sure that I have enough to support my family for the future. I love Sonny's response to this question because I feel like it encompasses what the objective of this episode is. So consistently throughout Sonny's response, there's fear, 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 fear. I think he might have even said it four times. Fear of the unknown, fear of where the next dollar is going to come from, fear of lack of protection. And it excites me because I know that there is so much positive attributes that accompany Sonny's situation, he just needs a bit of guidance and support. So the thing that I would suggest for Sonny to consider would be, look, you need a plan. A plan can help provide guidance. It can provide insight into areas of of your financial situation that you weren't aware of. It can also highlight what those risks and concerns are so that you're not caught off guard by those concerns. So I think that, you know, Sonny seems to have the components in place to prepare himself. So he highlighted that he had some savings uh, available to sustain him during this period of time, but he was afraid of where the line was between invading personal savings and, and business savings. So by having a plan that defines, okay, you need to accumulate X amount of dollars from a business perspective to lean on in the lean months of the year, Uh, where business isn't quite as strong, but that is a separate component of what you have personally going on. Dividing the two will give him that uh, comfort and confidence to then maybe take more risks in the business, maybe uh, shorten his billing period so that he is getting that revenue back a lot faster, but he also understands and feels confident with the fact that I've got plenty of cash, um, I have some emergency protection. I've got insurance savings also. You know, I have uh, leeway as far as payroll is concerned. All of those types of things need to be addressed and written down for him so that when these fear moments come into play, he knows I have this plan to fall back on. So I think there are three really important components to the plan that I would suggest for Sonny. One would be you got to have a budget and that budget's going to obviously be a bit more complicated because we're talking about a small business owner and we have a lot of competing factors when it comes to budgeting. So different than the personal budget conversation that we had in the last episode, this one's gonna be a bit more complex. However, it's important to at least have that written down for you. 
The second one is going to be goal setting. We identified it in the first episode, and again, it reigns true and consistent so far in the fear episode. If you have goals that you're looking to achieve, there should be less anxiety about achieving those goals because you have set those for yourself, and they're also defined. And so it's not a mysterious unknown of where my business is headed. No, you have concrete numbers and ideas as to where you want to go. And then the final thing would be, again, preparing for the unexpected. So I feel like Sonny has done that to an extent, but if he had more evidence or it was a bit clearer as to how much cash he needs to have on hand to sustain the business, then he would feel more confident and prepared for all of these unexpected things. The final person I interviewed was Elizabeth. She is 31 years old. She has a six-year-old child and she's married. I asked her the same question. What scares you the most about your financial future? I guess what scares me the most is having money saved so my child doesn't have to worry if anything happens to me. So she has money for college and that my husband doesn't have to do it all on his own. So Elizabeth has some... uh, alternate things going on in her life that's going to provide a new perspective on what it is that you could be afraid of, right? Fear when it comes to protection and protecting your child and your husband and your household is a whole nother level of fear and anxiety. And so I'm really glad that we talked to Elizabeth because I think this provides a good, a good conversation and really requires you to ask some tough questions in order to be prepared. So Fear isn't necessarily a bad thing because if you use fear as a positive and you use it to identify concerns and needs in your life, like taking care of your child, then that's going to prompt you to take action, right? So, but at some level, fear can also become paralyzing and then you won't take any action and therefore the results would be way worse. So in Elizabeth's situation, I think that the first thing to consider is that she's not in this alone. Um, so she uh, indicated that she has a husband, and so they together need to have these tough conversations. And so one of the things I would suggest would be scenario planning. They really need to ask the tough, co- tough questions of, okay, if I pass away tomorrow, what resources do we have and what means can we take to take care of our child? Uh, And same thing goes for the husband. Those are awkward and difficult conversations to have, but it's also really important because those conversations and those types of questions are going to highlight areas of weakness in your overall plan. So after you've asked yourself these tough questions and we've identified our points of weakness, how do you go about filling those holes in your overall plan? And In Elizabeth's response, she did highlight um, a couple of different competing priorities as it relates to her child um, and if something happened to her. One of them being saving for college. Uh, She highlighted the importance of having enough money available to take care of her child in the event of her early death. Um, But she didn't really touch on the concept of if she didn't pass away, but her income went away because she got injured and she could no longer work anymore. So now your household has gone from a dual income household down to a single income household. And how do you prepare for that? 
So part of the scenario planning and asking the tough questions is that we've identified all of those things. How do we fit those into our overall plan while maintaining the current budget that we have um, and not stretching ourselves too thin? So there are a lot of resources that are available to satisfy all of those needs, um, but they're all very specific and they have different objectives. For example, in the event that something happened to her and she died early, well, that could be uh, an appropriate use for life insurance. Um, you buy life insurance and at your death, that provides a sum of money to whoever is named as your beneficiary that could serve or fill the need uh, of protection if something happens to her. And that's an inexpensive, can be an inexpensive fix to your overall plan. Now, how do we handle, let's say that she gets into an accident that doesn't kill her, but she can no longer work. Uh, what do you do about that? So rather than work hard to accumulate a ton of savings in the event that happens, you can also leverage insurance for that purpose as well. And that would be in the form of what's called disability insurance. Um, so, and that can also be an enhancement to your overall plan without drying out all of your cash resources uh, on the front end. And then the other option, so she talks about funding for college education. There are a lot of different types of accounts and vehicles that you can go about doing that as well. We'll talk about specifics in a later episode, but at least understanding that it's not a one fit, one solution option for all of these competing priorities. The importance is that you understand what resources there are available to you and you can maximize all of those for your overall plan. Thank you guys for listening to our three interviews. I hope that by hearing people's responses and their willingness to be open about their fears helps break up some taboo subjects that you guys may think you don't want to talk about because nobody else is dealing with it. When really, here was an example of three distinct people with three very different lives, and all of them had some degree of fear about their personal finances, but it was about it was for different reasons. So I hope that helps you to feel a bit more comfortable to face your fears and understand how to overcome them. So a couple of takeaways for you to consider that might help uh, throughout this thought process of addressing fears and being prepared is we have this little word we use in the financial planning industry that's called a dark horse. And so I think it's really important that you guys define your dark horses. What that means is when we talked about scenario planning with Elizabeth, you look at what are the possibilities of outrageous things that could happen in my life. Could I get a divorce tomorrow? Could I get into an accident? Could I win the lottery? These are all what we would call our dark horses, unexpected events. And then coming up with a game plan for how to deal with those dark horses is going to help you be prepared and help wipe away some of that fear. The next thing I would say would be, again, we need to adjust perspective on our personal finances and the importance of goals. So using goals as an enhancement to your overall plan can provide focus um, and it can provide positivity for something that you're looking towards and you're looking to try to achieve. All of that can do wonders for any types of fear that you may be having about your personal finances. The final takeaway would be that cash is your best friend. So know that Understand that if you take nothing else away from this entire podcast series, know that cash is your best friend because anytime that you get in a pickle, 
you always have your cash to pull on and that's going to sustain you during those difficult periods of time. That wraps up our second episode of Jake of All Trades, where we talked about the concept of fear. See, it's not that bad. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about hashtag priorities. So we've had a good dose of a reality check and we've addressed some fears. So let's dive right into priorities. I'm your host, Jake Rivas. Follow me on social media on Facebook and Twitter at Jake's Two Cents and also online at jakestwocents.com. Remember, you are the expert of your own life, and that's my two cents. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.